Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. Dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he, began to, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to feed to his feeds, fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he sent off and went to his father, but while he was still far off, his father saw him, and he was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him, Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ringer on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is now found. And he began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called to one of his slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working for you like a slave, and you have never... And I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his son, but when this son of yours came back, he, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because the brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You all may be seated by your children. We have before us this day this parable that is not a parable about a prodigal son, even though it's its title, as it is. But it's more so a parable about dishonorable pig, dishonor about pigs, 
a wacko dad, and two dishonorable kids. And yes, I did say two dishonorable kids. We always usually think of the first, not the last. So let's start with the obvious. We have the younger son who says to the father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. The youngest has pretty much said that his father is dead to him. And in the first century world, that normally would have gotten himself thrown out of a house. Not only does the younger son break the fourth commandment, there is even a Jewish proverb telling parents not to do this. Sirach 33. While you are still alive and have breath in you, do not let anyone take your place. For it is better for your children should have asked from you than that you should look to the hand of your sons. It's sell in all that you do. Bring no stain upon your honor. At the time when you end the days of your life and the hour of your death, distribute your inheritance. We all know that this is a foolish move on behalf of the Father, even without the biblical wisdom. The Father's answer should be no, son, but it gets worse. The Father divides his household, his whole life between both his sons. He is acting like a fool. He is now dependent on his sons for life when wisdom clearly says it should be the other way around. According to Sirach, he has brought this honor to himself, but it gets worse. The younger son takes off for a foreign country, leaving behind his family. In the first century world, your family and your family's home was your identity. He has voluntarily given up his identity for a new identity, saying his old identity is worthless. But it gets worse. He takes all what his father had given him and loses it all. We're not told on what, but we know it wasn't good. And then when he has nothing left, a famine breaks out and he's really in trouble. But not only has he made his father into a dependent person, but now he himself is a dependent person as well. But it gets worse. The man is so desperate that he goes and takes a job as a hired hand on a pig farm. Now today, pigs get a pretty good rap. They give us bacon, ham, more bacon. (laughs) But in the first century world, especially in the Jewish world, pigs were the worst of the worst. The poster child for unclean animals. Crabs and and other lobsters and other crustaceans would look at pigs and say, well, at least I'm not a pig. Not only is he associating himself with the ultimate unclean animal, he is now taking care of them. This is his job to feed them, to give them life. And he is so desperate for a meal that he's even considering eating the food that the pigs themselves are eating. It's one thing to care for pigs. It's a whole other thing to want to eat their slop. There are not enough purity laws in the book of Leviticus to fix this kid at this point. But it gets worse. The young man realizes that one that the day laborers who would work for his father were treated better than what he has been treated in this foreign country. He decides he's going to go back home and make an apology and tell his father to treat him like an exploited laborer. But it gets worse. It gets worse, but not in the way that, it, that you think it should. Verse 20, while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. This 
this child, this, this boy, has just been spending his days feeding and sleeping with pigs. He is not clean, both physically and spiritually. Yet the old man puts his arms around him and kisses him. That wacko dad who divided his life between his two sons has just went off the deep end and is kissing pig boy. And not only does he physically embrace his son, pig pen, he ran to his son. The father is coming from some means. He has land, slaves, laborers, is able to divide out his inheritance before he has died. Because he comes from some means, he probably would be wearing long robes like this. And I, and I can tell you, walking up those stairs nearly kills me every Sunday. And I'm not running. Running in these robes is near impossible. The only way to do it is to really, you know, grab them run like this. So he's brought a whole new level of shame onto himself. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The boy doesn't even get a chance to give his whole speech before his father interrupts him and tells his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. No father in the first century world would operate like this. Not only does he elevate his son to a very high status. By making him the guest of honor. And giving him a long robe to wear like he is wearing. Pig boy got his father's American Express card. That's what it means to have his signet ring. Imagine sitting in the crowd and hearing this story. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Yet it seems like this father has not learned his lesson from before. That his, father, that his son is not very good at handling money. Dad, highly esteemed, gives a position of honor to the last person in the world who would deserve it. To a person who acted totally dishonorably. He doesn't envision himself as a son, but dad does. Dad says, yes, he is my son. This is my son, this son of mine. He is making a claim for the son and is doing something that the son cannot do for himself. But it gets worse. Remember I said it was about two dishonorable sons? When the oldest son comes in from the field, he notices all the music and the party goers and, and asks one of the slaves, what is going on? Well, your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has gotten him back safe and sound. The older son refuses to go in, and thereby dishonors the father. We might do this today, if this was a similar situation. We might do this today, and this would be a social norm. This would be acceptable. But this was not acceptable in the first century world. And your father would never come out to confront someone who is causing dishonor. You dishonor. Yet the father comes out and talks to his son. And the son speaks to him very harshly. He says, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. The oldest son not only dishonors his father by not coming into the party, but he doesn't even claim identity as a man's son, just like his younger son did years before. The father replies, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. 
the father restores both his son's identity as a family unit. But that's not even the most important part of this parable. The most important part of this parable is the reason they have to celebrate. That divine necessity shows up right at the end of the parable. But it was necessary. There's no way to get around it. It was necessary. It had to happen that we celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The kingdom of God is full of failure, anger, and forgiveness. The kingdom of God, is, as we heard last week, is full of poor producing fig trees, angry farmers, and lots of manure. The kingdom of God is also a place where things do not make any sense, where celebrations happen for undeserving children. The kingdom of God makes no sense. Those who deserve none of what God has given them, yet God has made it so necessary that God must show them a celebration. Just like this father had to throw a celebration for his undeserving son. And we are obligated to join in the party, even when we might not want to. The kingdom of God is full of poor-producing fig trees. Angry farmers and newer celebrations for undeserving sinners like you and me. And thank God it is. You know, Sean and Jennifer, right now, Nora is, is extremely cute. You have really cute kids all around. She still cries for you. She trusts you fully. Believes you two to be the coolest people in the whole world. And one day that might change. One day she might do foolish things like this younger son. And you may or may not act like this father in this parable. Though I think you'll probably act like this father. But I can promise you whether you act this way or not doesn't matter. What matters is that God will throw her a party no matter what. Baptism makes Noah a part of the family of God. Of our family. God will celebrate every time she comes home after months of foolish decisions. God will celebrate every time she returns to the place where her relationship with God started. Every time she returns to this table, or any table for that matter, to the font and remember her baptism. God celebrates every time sinners, a sinner comes home. God gives the keys of the kingdom and baptism, and, and some squander it away. Others stay, but they disrespect the Father. But God always throws a party when a sinner returns back to our God. A great party awaits us, my brothers and sisters. Please don't squander it away.